That's starting next week with the library. But anyway, good morning, everyone. Try that again. And welcome to Heritage Christian Church. We're so thankful that you're here with us this morning, and thankful for those who are watching online often. And we want to uh, continue to really just thank the Lord. It's, it's good to be in a place where we can worship the Lord together. It's good to be in a place where we can gather together. It's good to be in a place that we can pray together this morning my heart is that you hear this message. Today is the last message of the series of four. We're going to be doing a little bit of a wrap up, a little bit of a review. Of course, I'm not going to be doing every message exactly as I said to the first time. We'll shorten it a little bit. But I think this is an important series, and there's a lot of things that we pull out of the idea that God has infinitely more for us. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a moment. If you're a guest with us today, you'll notice in see some cards. It's called our connection card. It looks like this. So if you're a guest with us today and you've never filled one of these out, or perhaps you've been coming for a little while and you never filled them out, or perhaps you've changed an address or a phone number or an email address, you can also fill this out. And if you just take a few moments sometime during the service, fill this out, drop it right in the offering box on your way out. That gives us an opportunity to be able to check in with you if you have any questions. I also want to just let you know that on the card, you'll see a place that says, I'm interested in becoming a member. And the reason I, I, I mentioned that this morning is maybe you've been coming for a while and you haven't become a member, but you're interested in membership. I want to be able to contact you and talk about how we can do that. Um, you know, we'll go through a few, a few things, a few classes talking about our church and making sure you have an understanding of, of who we are uh, as you become members. So if you're interested in membership, go ahead and fill that out also best way to contact you and say, I'm interested in becoming a member, and uh, I'd like to talk to you about that. We can work through a process for that to happen. I want to let you know that there is going to be the annual business meeting right after service today, and uh, we can all say a hallelujah. There is no voting going to be involved. All of our, our positions are filled, and there's no vacant positions on the board this year, so uh, this should make things a lot faster, so we can praise the Lord for that. Uh, but we do want to go through and tell you bit about what God has done in the past over this past year. It's good to review what God has done, but it's also, you know, we don't want to live there, right? We want to say, well, what is God doing now, and how are we moving forward? And that's what we're going to be talking about as well. So even if you're not a member, I want to make this very clear. If you're not an official member, you're still a tender of this church. We still consider you as part of this family, and we want to encourage you to come to that meeting, whether you're a member or not. So be a sign up for both members and those that aren't officially members. Uh, so it shouldn't be a long meeting, but we want to be able to share with you what God is doing and where we're headed. I think that's very important. Also, want to let you know about the Thrive Conference coming up, March 10th, 11th. This is really a gathering of churches from all over Cape Cod. Uh, people and pastors and different groups will be there. Uh, it's a night of worship on Friday night. On Saturday, there's going to be a conference with different sessions. Uh, we want to get in. Ultimately, it's about thriving churches, and we want a thriving church, not just a thriving Heritage Christian Church, but a thriving church on Cape Cod. That means all the churches that are involved. We want to see them thriving and growing and seeing God do a work. So if you want to be a part of that, it's free. There's free registration. You have to go online and register. It's free. You can do that conference on Friday and Saturday. Friday is the worship time and communion. Saturday is more of the sessions time. There are some speakers. But I would encourage you to be a part of that, particularly if you're if you're trying to maybe maybe you're praying and you're saying, Lord, what do you want me to do next? What's my next step in life? 
Maybe there's a certain ministry that God wants to call on you. Maybe this will open up some doors or some things that we may want to think about. If you didn't receive one of these, it should have been in your worship guide, but uh, we do have some extras out there. We'll make sure that you get this. The only cost is if you choose to do lunch there. There's a, a cost for Chick-fil-A, I think, it's ten bucks. It is ten dollars. It's ten dollars. So I'm getting my Chick-fil-A lunch there. But uh, but I encourage you to, to be a part of that. And the last thing is something we've been trying to do because so many of you are so faithful in giving to missions. We try to give you updates about what's going on in different missionaries' lives, but also what we're doing locally. You know, we often get thank you notes and things that I want to pass on to you so you can be encouraged by what God is doing. And today's missionary is uh, a man named Aaron Detweiler. Now, we're supporting him, and uh, he's part of the Intercultural Ministries at Emmanuel uh, Gospel Center in Boston. Now, how many know that, um, you know, missionaries we used to have to send out to other places, but when you live in a place like Boston, with all the different universities and colleges there in the area, a lot of those nations are coming to us. And so what Greg does is he does work with many of those that are really far from home. And uh, you know how, if you've lived far from home, if you've been far from home, you know what it feels like to be without a support system, to be without people around you. And uh, what Greg does is he invites many of them over to his home, for games and food, of course, uh, sharing his faith with them, um, and you know, supporting them at a, at a time where they need the most support. And uh, you know, what often happens is those participants in situations they go back home to Boston. And uh, that's important. It's important work. So when you're giving to our missions and you're giving toward missions, these are the type of people we're supporting. We're doing the Lord's work in a variety of different circumstances to continue to share the gospel. So thank you so much for your giving. Continue to give to missions uh, as you feel led. That we'll be able to do even more that we'll take on some more missions. There's some on the list that is waiting um, for our church to take them on some of them. So we would love to be able to do that. Now, I started off this year with this series called More. And More is about a particular prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed over the Ephesian church. And this is something at the beginning of the year, as we began praying about direction and what God is doing in our church as well as in our lives. I really sensed that this was the passage that God was directing me for, for our church. And that's why I've been preaching about it, because I want us to have an understanding of what more means. Um, my encouragement has been through the series, and it doesn't have to stop with the series, to pray this prayer over your own life, to pray this prayer over your family, and yes, pray this prayer over our church. Because we are believing God for infinitely more than we could ask or imagine. And I don't even know what all that looks like, to be honest. I don't have all the answers to that. But infinitely more sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Don't we usually want infinitely more of stuff or something? It's, it's a good thing. Now, one of the reasons I want to talk about this is that we can often put God in a box. We can limit what he does. We can think that, you know, well, he can only do certain things. Or maybe he's already done something in my life, so he's probably not going to do or maybe we think, you know, look, look at the church and you say, well, you know, God's already done things in that church in the past. He's, what else can he do? We can easily fall into this idea of scarcity mindset. You know? We begin to think that God has already done what he's going to do for us. He's already done what he's going to do through us. And we can look around and look at the things that we don't have, right? Isn't that easy? Even in our own personal lives, you know, we can do that in the church, but in our own personal lives, it's easy to see what everybody else has and what we don't have, what we 
We ask God, we look at our lives and see what we do have, then we're thankful for that. Then we pray to sing that song. We're thankful for his goodness in our lives. But then we can ask God for more. Lord, thank you for what you've given me. But I don't want to be satisfied just on this one. I don't want to be satisfied with just doing the same thing over and over again, the same result. I want to see a move of God begin to work. to one more. I mean, I did get a test for that. Right? We're hardwired by God for more. Hardwired by God for more. And my belief is that God wants to give us more. He wants to give us more. Get that in your spirit this morning. He wants to give us more. He is the good father that wants to give good gifts to his children. He wants to give us more. So I invited you on this journey with me to discover what more he wants to give us. What does he want to give us more of? And I think the list that we've talked about over the last several weeks, it's not an all-inclusive list, but I think it's a pretty good start. It's not infinite, but it's a pretty good start. So one of the first things I said going into this year is I pray for God's unlimited resources to empower us and to empower our church. For God unlimited resources to empower us and to empower our church. Ephesians 3.16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, say unlimited, he will empower you with inner strength through the Spirit. Every time I look at myself, every time I look at my life, every time I look at my resources, my money, our money, His unlimited resources goes beyond anything we could possibly come up with. His power is unlimited. His resources are unlimited. And there's sometimes we just have to pray about in our lives, especially with financial things. Lord, you own a cattle. You've heard this, right? You own a cattle on a thousand hills. You own it all. It is yours. Do I need something? <laughs> Do I need to pray that one? But Paul is praying here that the Ephesian church would be empowered, empowered by God's unlimited resources. To me, that's a powerful word. It's just in and of itself. If we just stopped there and said, okay, amen, God bless you, have a great Sunday, that would be enough. And this is my prayer to you. This is my prayer for you. When you're feeling weak, when you feel like giving up, when you continue to pray, and what you're praying for isn't when you're looking to God and the things that you continue to pray for, it's just not 
You don't see it. My prayer for you is that his unlimited resources will empower you with the inner strength for the Holy Spirit. To continue to help you to press through. To continue to pray. To not give up. To continue believing for that thing that you're praying for. Believing in your life that God wants to give good gifts to you. Sometimes his children seems out there. God wants to give good gifts to you. I think we have to come to a place where we truly believe that. If we don't believe that, it's hard to live. We have to believe that God wants to give us. The more that God wants for us and has promised to give us is more of his unlimited resources and his power working in the grace. How many of you would say, I want more of God's unlimited resources? I want more of his power working through me when my power is weak, when I can't do it on my own. We need him. Amen? And the second part is I pray that we would trust God more with our lives. Sometimes we go to him and it's hard to trust him. We want to control him. We want to figure it out. We want to force something to happen. We want to make something happen. But we have to begin to trust God more. And when we begin to trust God, what we're going to find is that our roots of our faith are going to grow deeper. They're going to be stronger. They're going to continue to dig deep into the ground so that when the storm comes, we're not going into the storm every which way. Ephesians 3.17 says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love. Spirit reminds us that God's promises are for us. God is for us. And when, not if you go through trials, what do we do? We turn around our own strength. We turn around his strength. His power is working in us. And we get weak. We're really strong. Yeah. 
that they will experience more of God's love for us. More of God's love. Let's talk about this a few weeks ago. Verse 18 says, And may we have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it may be too great to understand for you. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and the power to come to know. Again, Again, we can say, well, yeah, I want all of God's people to understand God's love. But I want to understand God's love. God's love, not for just God's people, but let's, let's make it specific. God's love for me. God's love for me. You see, love is foundational in our faith. We love because He first loved us. He love us, he sent his son to die so that we can be forgiven of our sin. Jesus willingly laid his life down for you and me. But what is love? We talked about this a few weeks ago. But I think it's time for us. First Corinthians 13. We read that love is patient, kind, not jealous, rude, or proud, not self-seeking. Love is slow to anger. Love does not rejoice at someone's downfall, but rejoices when true. Love perseveres in the goodness. See, without love, we can do a lot of good things. But they wouldn't necessarily be godly things. Just pray and listen to this. When Paul goes through that, what does he say? Even if I gave all my possessions away, even if I worked great miracles, even if I spoke in heavenly languages and tongues, it'd all be a plain symbol. Plain symbol without love. I love plain symbols, actually. I don't know what to say. Without love, that's all it is. It's meaningless. It's not meaningless. Without love, it's pointless. But love will last forever. It says, it says in the same passage, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is We love because God first loved us. This is how we truly learn to love one another. This is why we belong to a community of believers, so that we can practice the love of God with one another. We can practice how to love. And Scripture teaches us that people will know that we are His followers by the love that we have for each other. That's why I pray that we would experience God's more, more love for us, more of God's love. So that we can love one another, so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves, so it can flow out of our lives. And I pray that we would seek God to accomplish more. You know, sometimes we limit God. 
We think he can only do certain things. And maybe we don't, we would never say that we believe God, but in our thinking, in our prayers we do. rely on ourselves. I'm not going to be able to accomplish anything for me. But God's power is Ephesians 4, 20-21, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Look at my mind. I can't even, I can't even think of it. I can't even think of what infinitely more looks like. I don't know about you. Next question is, well, what would you do with it if If you knew you could have it, what would you do with it? What if we begin to believe God for more of His Holy Spirit in our lives? The Holy Spirit will give us the power and the witness to be bold witnesses for Him, to give us words to speak, to not be afraid to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does, that's what we read about. Remember, a witness isn't called to tell the things that they don't know. Like when you're called to court as a witness, you're not up there to tell your opinion. You're not up there to tell what you might imply. You're up there to tell what you saw, what you experienced. And that's what a witness for Christ does. You don't have to have all the answers. That's the one fear that the enemy puts in us. It's like, well, if you say something, you're not going to have all the right answers. When you're a witness, you don't have to have all the right answers. You tell what you know. Tell what you've experienced. That's what the early witnesses did. This is what we saw Christ do. And so we're relating it to you now. We saw Christ healing people. So we're praying for people when they're being healed. I saw Christ heal me. And so I can testify. I don't know about anything else, but I know I've been healed. I can sit on the witness stand and say, I've been healed. I had asthma at one point. You can probably check my doctor. Medical records and see I had asthma, and suddenly out of nowhere, boom, the big bang happened and my asthma was gone. Big bang, all right, but it's a healing bang. Gone immediately. But we're called to be witnesses of what we know. The harvest is plenty. Some of it is that we don't realize, as I talked about with uh, Greg Detweiler in Boston, we don't realize that the harvest is all around us. We don't have to go someplace. The harvest is around us. You know, people are coming into Boston from all different nations to go to school. The harvest is all around Greg Detweiler. And your harvest is all around you. And we need to let you know. I'm not calling you all to run down the Change the stony heart and make us new. 
and we let our hearts and our hearts die or get hardened, we just, it's not, it's not deep. We stop doing things. We stop going to church. We stop caring. We stop loving. We stop serving. We stop worshiping. We stop giving. And we suddenly have this little bit. So we need to recognize that our heart is all around us. So what does he want? He doesn't give us more of the Spirit. He might just be saying we have more of the Spirit. We have it all written on there, and it shows that it's full of the Spirit. He gave us the Spirit. Too. That's the very first thing that they did was stand up, Peter stood up and preached in this room in He gave us his spirit to be a witness. So we need a new heart for the harvest. Because God hasn't given us anything to preach. We need more of his Holy Spirit to make the strength and power to do his promise in our lives. use this word to give us an angry mind. And there's things in our lives that we need to confess and say, Lord, I don't need something today. Let's speak to me. I can change. I need you to change. Living and active. This isn't just a word. It's every other day. Church of Jesus, this is a new day. Speaking to us. So we'll be more equipped. See, God is doing something in us. God is doing something right now through our church. But he also wants to do something through you. You see, we sense God changing you, working in your life. But what does he want to do through you as an eyewitness? We are living stones. We're part of the temple. And we all have a work to do. The temple was a place where ministry used to happen. But now we're living stones. We are the temple. We go to places. And everywhere we go, we bring the presence of God. So ministry doesn't have to happen in this building. Or in a church. Or in a temple. We are the strength of the body. Because you are the temple of the Spirit. You are the temple of the Spirit. When you serve people, when you feed the hungry, when you stop and pray for someone, when you text someone, when you maybe send a card or note. When you tell somebody the good news about Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is giving them the ability to speak and the boldness to speak it, when you show empathy, when you care for others, 
when we stand up against things like racism, when we stand up for the rights of the poor, for the man First Peter 2, 9 through 10 calls us a priesthood of believers. And every Christian is a part of this priestly order. So we have a place to do ministry. We have a ministry to this priest. So what this says to us is that every Christ follower has a ministry to others. Every Christ follower should make serving a priority. And every Christ follower has something to contribute. Something to give. And I ask you again, what is your sacrifice? What is your ministry? How should you serve? How should you contribute? This place for is about to see God do infinitely more ministry, we will have to do our part. We will have to do something. And what will happen if we we give God what he says about our resources? Prayers that we would request. That you would request. That your family would request. That this church would request. That we might place a bigger If you're generous but not a good steward. So I give it away, but
said that prayer, I want to encourage you, I want to imagine part of the spot for you to say that you do accept Jesus today. Maybe I'll be more like you. Maybe you'll be a little more like me. If you're watching online, maybe you have a prayer. If you've got a radio chat, maybe you'd like to press the bell button and be part of the team as well. I want to encourage you to download the app called Member of the Team or join us again. It'd be great. We have the ability to download as God's word and use it all the time. It's still our favorite. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I hear what 